You are now tuned in to the Property Management Show with your host, Alex Osanenko. We bring in the experts of today so you can be the master of tomorrow in all things property management. Whether it's getting more doors, running a profitable fee-based business, or by simply being the best property manager. So, grab a pen and paper because this episode is sure to be a good one. Thank you and enjoy the show. Hey guys, welcome to the next episode of the Property Management Show. Here I am your host, Alex Osanenko. I am, uh, besides hosting this radio show, I'm also the CEO of a company called Four and Half, where we help property management companies grow. Um, also, one of my latest projects is the PM Grow Summit, which is really a conference for the top-level property management entrepreneur. Somebody very similar in profile to my guest here today, um, who's uh, Aaron uh, Robertson. And Aaron, how are you today? Oh, fantastic. Thanks for the invite today. I really appreciate it. Hey, Aaron. It's really, really good to have you, man. You and I, Matt, let me give you a little bit of a pre-story and then we'll dive into why Aaron is here and how we can all learn from his particular journey and his experience. But Aaron and I met in, what year was that, man? Gosh, I think it was about a year before you started, four and a half, maybe six months prior to that. What year did you start? Yeah, so 2012. So it must have been 2011. Um, and I was, um, get my microphone a little closer. I was uh, working in Apfolio. I pitched your your company, Appfolio. Do you remember? I think there was, were you like in, in campaign, uh, um, like a partnership with your parents, running a company? Tell us a little bit of, a, of, of that origination story. Well, so originally, that's how I ended up in property management. Is I had uh, uh, two business partners who had started another property management company, and they had somewhat kind of lost control of it. And uh, then we decided to start another one together uh, that we ultimately ran for, gosh, almost 10 years. And uh, that's the one I was running at that point in time when I met you. All right. So uh, the parents part I just made up, but okay. But you were <laughs> you were in business with other companions, with somebody else um, running the business. And at that time, I was pitching you Opfolio. And I think, did you end up going with Opfolio? Oh, most definitely. Yeah. Ah, sweet. I remember. So so I sold you something back then, uh, and that was good. And, and actually, you being in Reading um, – which is a really scenic and beautiful part of California, but it's more, it's less populated. It's a lot less light pollution. It's a lot more uh, outdoor activities. It's a lovely, lovely place. I actually, you and I talked about me moving there potentially because I worked from home and that was, that was an amazing opportunity. I thought the prices were reasonable. Agreed. Yeah. Compared to the Bay area. But anyway, um, and then sort of that we stayed in touch on Facebook and, and cross paths a few times at conferences. But beyond that, all of a sudden, I meet you at this Appfolio event, and you just spring this news on me. It's like, hey, Alex, you know, and I knew you started a company called Authority Property Management, and I knew you started that company recently. But what blew me away is you said, hey, Alex, yeah, we're at, um, you know, about 430 units right now. And I'm like, what? <laughs> what just happened? How could this be? <laughs> because, I, yeah, I just saw that company come into existence, essentially. I think. You had this uh, Facebook thing going on, naming your company. I remember something like that. But in any event, um, not for me talking, can you take us sort of a 
maybe through that journey a little bit, how you ended up starting your own company with your wife, Jolene, and why you did that and how you got to where you got to right now. Oh, I'd be absolutely glad to. You know, the, the past experience having another property management company with a few business partners, I, I, you know, we did that for quite a while, but I quickly realized that I'm not the kind of guy that needs to have a business partner uh, unless that happens to be my wife or, or the bank. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and that'll probably be where it'll land forever now. It, 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 the only kind of partners that I'll have. Uh, one of the things that was very important to me in starting my own company is that I like to make decisions very quickly. Uh, it's been my experience in business that sometimes you can start something, fall down, get back up and get going again and be farther along than if you had just spent a long time contemplating a, a business strategy or a decision. And so I like to move very quickly. Luckily enough, I have the ultimate support of my wife and, and, you know, I can bounce an idea off her and we can make a decision on maybe a bigger project or, you know, an advertising campaign or something we want to do in a little under two or three minutes. And uh, that's a lot of the reason why we started this new company is because, you know, having business partners in the past, so many things we kind of had to hold court or, you know, you argue about a decision. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, And sometimes I felt like, We've waited so long. The thing we were talking about doing, it's not even the same thing anymore. We, we can't even do it the way we were going to do it. So so we decided uh, uh, a couple of years back to just start our own company. Uh, it's gone very well for us, and we're going very quickly and uh, just really enjoying our time doing it. Well, so let's not – let's throw modesty aside. I mean we're on a you know, podcast here. It's just you and I and another thousand people. So it's all good. <laughs> it's all good. Admit it. Admit it. Aaron, where are you at in terms of your unit count? Uh, currently running about 435. 435 in just over 30 months. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right. So let's unpack this. And, and first of all, I want to stop here for just a second. And this is quite like you and I, first of all, this wasn't like we haven't scripted. Like Aaron and I hadn't spent like in that last two days scripting this thing, right? This is all This is all sort of uh, on the um, on the money, right? right? Right as we sort of talking about this, we're discovering these things. And one of the... One of the key principles of business success for me, Aaron, was always, um, well, it's three things, but the key, one of the key was uh, the experimentation. You have to like, be able to quickly learn something, implement, fail, and then re-implement something else again, then win, then continue experimenting, right? And that is it's quite amazing that this is the actual driver behind you starting your own company, and this is, and the proof is in results, right? So we're... You're able to bifurcate from a death by committee and make start making those quick um, sound, but not always sound, but quick experimental decisions. All of a sudden, now your growth just just absolutely staggering over the last 30 months. Again, 435 units. But so, what 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 were some of the key decisions or those key experiments you ran? You feel like way early to get you the foundation right, to get your foundation set. Well, a lot of the things I think we were first able to put a lot of the technology and systems into place that are required to do what we do and do it well and automate several things that we do in our business. Uh, that's probably one of the biggest key factors. A lot of those things cost money, you know, just like Affilio users know, that's an expensive tool. And I don't mean expensive like across all the property management software, but I mean, you have to spend some money. It's not the same thing as running your company through QuickBooks, and, right. you know, spending 700 bucks a year. Um, and that's where like the death by committee would come in. You know, we wouldn't get an opportunity to to argue over a piece of software is where we can legitimately run a test on it, 
you know, spend a couple hundred dollars. We refer to that as investment money. Uh, you know, spend a few hundred dollars on something, test it out, decide it's trash and we hate it and test out another something else for a few hundred dollars and keep moving down that line until we find exactly what we're looking for. Uh, and that's probably one of the ways that we were able to grow so quickly is we just ran through several tests on different things, showing software, automation software, CRM software, you know, and if we didn't like it in 30 days, just call it a loss, can it, get another one and try it again until we found the systems that we really enjoyed working with, the ones that we really like and found the most value in. And every property management business, is, I'm sure, is different. I'm sure Absolio is not the right answer for everyone. I'm sure, a, you know, particular CRM software isn't the right one for everybody. Um, and so you got to really find out what works for your customers. Gotcha. Um, if we, you know, look into, Aaron, look a little deeper into some of these experiments, they're more of a big ticket item. Some, maybe there's some aha moments or something like that, something that you couldn't use in your previous company that really helped put this authority property management, the new company on the map. Anything you recall specifically that helped out? Well, I'll tell you one thing, it's not necessarily a, 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 a piece of software or say a technology piece, but one of the things that we do, and I think we're the only one in our marketplace currently doing is we expend the money to do walkthrough videos on all of our properties. So effectively, you know, a prospective tenant can watch your walkthrough video, look at all your color edited photos. We write all of our descriptions to be just absolutely beautiful, like a real estate company would that's putting them up for sale. Um, I think that really it costs a lot of money to do those things, and we don't charge our property owners for it. We absorb it through our pricing, uh, but that really gives us a great edge, not only for the property owner themselves, but for the prospective tenant looking. Uh, and it comes with cost. And, and say, for instance, I, we never presented that at my last company, but I know if we had talked about that, they would have said, you know, no, it's going to take a dollar out of our pocket, and it's it's not worth the return. It's where it's proved to be absolutely colossal for us. Nice. I like that you track that. And and, and so. I've heard uh, uh, many companies talk about walkthroughs and, and upping the quality of the, you know, hiring professionals to take the photographs and walkthroughs of the property. But I have very small, I think a very small percentage of property managers out there actually implement, implement it. And so you have. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And some things you don't always have to hire out. I have an amazing uh, member of my staff who's able to take all those photographs for us. He's able to completely edit them. So he's on staff. So I'm not paying a third party for that. But I mean, we have bought, you know, a couple thousand dollars worth of drones. You know, we have several thousand dollars worth of camera equipment. So, you know, he's not out there with his flip phone trying to see if he can, you know, make magic out of something that doesn't exist. You know, he's got some pretty amazing gear to deal with uh, when he's out at the properties. And, and yet again, just investing in equipment, uh, making his job easier and then providing better quality for the prospective tenants too. Uh, we've all been in that spot where we've looked at a listing somewhere and seen a piece of property and, you know, the photos either don't do it justice. So maybe you don't go look at it. They're not a good representation of it. Uh, you know, or, or maybe the photos are so doctored, uh, that you get there and you're like, holy moly, this isn't reality. And, and you want to move down the road. Mm. So, so that camera equipment that we provide and his talent also lets us provide and paint a true picture of the listings. Uh, so people don't feel like they've been misled when they arrive at a piece of property. That's awesome. So that's that's a definite definitive competitive advantage, and that's a customer facing, as well. Um, so that helped your growth. What else is there? Another big ticket item before we move on to the next subject? Well, let's see. As you know, we use Absolutely. I carried that into the new company. They're an amazing tool. They have a lot of great things that can really save us a ton of time. So we love that. Uh, I'm sure other property management software has similar features, but you know we're most comfortable with them, and they've proven to to provide really great results. 
and we pay for a lot of their add-on things that they have and utilize those too. Some of the premium listings we use, um, some of the uh, application features, online leases, and those sort of things that we pay a little extra to use, and their credit and background checks too that we use. Um, I even still see it today when I'll get an application from a competitor where I can see that they use AppFolio, but they'll type the complete application into a third-party credit provider. I can't imagine how much labor that takes, but I'm sure it's significant uh, because they don't want to pay for the transition or what AppFolio is charging, and so we use that too. Hmm. So uh, let's unpack this for a second, Aaron, because this is really cool. Um, me being from you know software sales background, um, that is very interesting. So you know, AppFolio. Apollo has a sort of like a pretty good firm, uh, you know, foundational accounting piece, you know, uh, the trust accounting piece. And then beyond that, it has all these different add-ons that I hear a lot of people are using some of them or not using or using none of them or using one of them. I, I, I hear few people actually implement their systems and processes in the way that it maps to the software and that really creates the automation time savings for you. I would completely agree. I think some of Affilio's features, too, are just a little on the general side. Like, let me give you an example. One of them is uh, there's an activity process uh, built into each tenant and each property or unit. And, and I think probably most people don't use it because it looks pretty generic. Mm -hmm. uh, but we figured out a few ways to add some parts to that. And, and along with some of our other systems, like, you know, we use G Suite, built our entire business on G Suite, uh, which seems to work really super well for what we do. Um, and those are somewhat integrated through that in our calendar system. So uh, overlapping or mapping those two systems to get the most functionality out of it, uh, we've, we've seen that to be just pretty amazing. Got it. So G Suite, let's translate for our listeners, is Google Suite, right? Yes, sir. Okay. And so you use Gmail, you use Google Calendar, you use Drive, those things, right? Absolutely. Isn't that amazing? I mean, that's one simple shit. And I see very few property management companies use it and in fact i think that might be one of the hidden secrets of of, of your success and my success to be honest with you they've been great <laughs> i mean it's the efficiency the the collaboration is just unreal i mean right well yeah we use a lot of a lot of parts to it i mean like google hangout so we can instant message which we love because you know we're also built all of our cell phones here at the office are built on android uh, so, you know, if you're out in the field, all those messages still make it to you. So no matter where we are, we can connect with our staff. Um, like for a great example, that would be at my last company. We had a different system for everything. We had a different email, didn't connect with any sort of messaging, didn't connect with any sort of searching. Uh, so every time you thought to yourself, well, our software really should do this, you'd go, well, but it doesn't. Um, and it's one of the reasons that we really enjoy G Suite is because, you know, if you send somebody an instant message through G Suite and you're in your email and you search for something, it'll bring up both of those. So you have access to that entire conversation, which is, is super helpful. I mean, all the access to the information that we need at our fingertips versus running all around. And if you're on your cell phone, I mean, you can look at that same information and it's right there for you, too. Yeah. Big, big time saver, big efficiency um, uh, gain for us as well. So Google, Google Suite. Uh, as well as that folio, and I think, I think that to to put this all together, the advice here, guys, is um, you know experiment with what you already have, right? You have this app folio rent manager, right? People say rent manager is highly complex. Well, that's true, uh, and it probably won't work if you don't use it, right, all the way. And, and same thing with property, where a lot of these 
you see a lot of very talented property management companies who are growing fast and, and doing great things. You see them use all these different software. It's not like if you use Appfolio, you win forever. That's not true. It's how you use it. I agree. It's how I you use it. I completely agree. It's your willingness to experiment and look at all these different features and willingness to adapt your processes. And guys, this, guys, this is key right here, I think. And Aaron, Aaron is like a natural at this. Adapt your processes to see what sort of efficiencies you can gain from this piece of stuff. Yeah, it's vanilla. Yeah, it's generic. But look, you're able to make it work for your company. Right? Well, and I think the other thing that I would add to that just quickly is don't be afraid to reevaluate your systems. You know, I've been part of a lot of companies, not just my last property management company, but previous to that, I was in the restaurant business for a long time. And it's pretty easy to get into a business or have a job task to do and say, you know, why do you do that that way? Well, that's the way we've always done it. Um, the world's a pretty change in place. I mean, you know, when I first got into property management, gosh, it's been almost 14 years ago now, uh, people didn't search on their phones. They're, they're knocking on your door. They want a paper list. And my company, we don't even have paper lists out front when we're closed because nobody shows up. We can see that through the camera out front, but nobody comes to get them. So if if we were the guy that still had only a paper list out front and no website, obviously we'd have a lot of difficulty renting our website, I mean, renting our properties. So one of the things we typically do is about every two weeks in our meeting that we have with our staff, we ask them, do you have the tools you need to do their job? And they, they'll share with us, you know, no, every time we try to do this this way, it sucks or People have feedback that's not right for us, or it doesn't seem like it's going smoothly. Uh, and one of the things, like what our motto here at our company is, we make rentals simple, uh, because that fits the property owner and fits the tenant. Uh, so we're constantly reevaluating our systems. Is this the best email program? Is this the best messaging program? Do we have the best technology? Do we still think Appfolio is the right solution for us? Uh, and, and it very well may be for a short time, and then in a six months or a year, that system might need to change to change with our business or our company or our property owner's needs or our tenant's needs for that matter. So get the word. We we do it this way because we've always done it this way out of your vocabulary, out of your company culture, and instead bringing in a healthy dose of, you know, hey, what else is out there? Let's experiment. Now, I have to, I have to just warn right there, warn both myself and you and everybody else, there's a squirrel mentality too, right? You can get really carried away with that because there's so much tech out there. There's new vendors popping up. <laughs> this industry is really sort of progressing and I love to see it bloom out to become something a lot more than it was five years ago. Sure. Uh, you know, dusty back rooms, you know, not respected profession. Nobody even knew what the heck is going on. Now all these new tech technology vendors attract us, it's very easy to become a squirrel. So how do you balance that, Aaron? Actually, that's a question to you. How do you balance your experimentation without being a squirrel? Well, a couple of things. I like to see that a company's been around a little bit before we start testing out what they're up to. Uh, it's one of the first questions I ask when I'm sent a sales pitch email. You know, we have the newest lockbox technology. Great. Please tell me how long you've been in business. Uh, if it's under a year, I'm probably not going to spend any time on it. Uh, uh which probably sucks if you're a new guy. And I was just recently, as you, as you said, 30 months ago, a new guy. Um, uh, but at the same time, I know those companies have a lot of bugs to work out. They're still working through their processes, and that just takes some time. Uh, we like to use software technology systems that are maybe a few years old, three or four years old. Uh, you know, So they've been through their bumps and bruises. Uh, and you're absolutely right. You, you hit the nail on the head. I mean, I get a sales email for some new technology or new software or uh, related to our business specifically pretty often. 
Yeah. And so the way I, I, I the way I sort of combat that, because I'm a squirrel too, because I get a lot of calls. You know, as a CEO of a company, right? You we're being pitched all the time. Agreed. Nonstop. Like it, it's just and some are better than the others. And what I do is some of the better ones I send to my sales team and we discuss them in the sales meetings because it's, yeah, you got my attention. It'll get, you know, help you too. <laughs> um, but yeah, some of these, like we have the, um, we call a leadership forum where all the department heads meet twice a month. And we talk about a lot of things and systems as part of it. Um, and a lot of times I make myself wait to present something new uh, to the leadership team. And also, I make my, you know, I kind of mature my presentation and thinking. And if I am actually ready and pitching there, you know, I better know what I'm talking about because I get questions and what the time <laughs> savings are. And, and so this keeps me a little bit honest because if it's just me sitting at the, at the head of the, of, of the ship and <laughs> doing whatever I want. <laughs> so that's helped me, helping me out. How do, you, how, what, how do you protect yourself from being a squirrel? Well, I think I have to do a little bit of what you do. And I ran into the same thing, you know, when you launch something and everybody's like, well, how are we going to do this? And you're like, mm, I didn't think about it. You do end up looking a little on the silly side. Yeah. Uh, so uh, a couple of things. When we're checking out maybe, say, like a new piece of technology, one thing I like to do is I like to run through it myself completely. Uh, you know, we just went through that with uh, ShowMojo is a good example. They were kind enough to let me use their database for a week uh, without going through a free trial, without setting it all up. And a lot of that has to do with is after you've checked out a few things and you've uh, put your company through a few systems, a lot of times I don't want the full sales pitch. I'm in sales all day. I know a lot of the closing statements that everybody uses on me. And those, um, what would you call it, tutorials or demo webinars back and forth, it's really a big sales pitch and it's pretty aware. Uh, so I always like to see if they'll just let me look at their technology on my own for 20 or 30 minutes so I can run through it, answer my own questions. Uh, that proves to be very valuable because, as I mentioned, you know, I uh, jumping on a webinar for 30 minutes and learning about your lockbox, but hearing 29 closing statements, you know, are you the uh, are you the decision maker? Are you the only one I'm going to need to talk to? Uh, you know, I know how to do all those, so those just drive me nuts. Uh, and then you end up with not a lot of answers. So that's that's one of the ways I would say I really protect myself is uh, by taking a few minutes to say, hey, can I just try your software out for 30 minutes or your technology out for 30 minutes on my own? And honestly, if they're willing to just let me at it for 30 minutes, that gives me a big vote of confidence that it's probably going to be a, a really decent product. So here's a tip for technologists out there, because I'm sure some aspiring entrepreneurs in the software space are listening to these podcasts to educate themselves on the industry. So to you out there, um, here's the here's the tip. Uh, if you want to get you know a, a, a good-sized company and the CEO interested – Give them a chance to try your software, record some videos potentially on the specific product answers, right? But don't like don't make us sit through a 45-minute webinar. It'll never happen. <laughs> I won't do it. Aaron won't do it. So let us let us get dig in. Like, hey guys, I have this new piece of software. Here's a login and password to try. Here's some QA videos for when you have a chance. This will solve four things for you. Give it a shot. Let me know what you think. That's that's the pitch I take. Well, actually, and I think I think that's a great tip, and here's why: because sometimes I'll put my salespeople on those calls, and I'll say, "Write down every closing statement you hear." So, so I'm using it as much of a training exercise as I am a as an opportunity to learn about the software, which is sort of backwards. But yeah, yeah. All right, cool. So we've talked about a little bit on the technology side. Let's shift to um, the marketing side. What have you done? 
to become visible for your clients, for your prospective clients. Back when you just started, you open the door, authority property management, come and work with us. But so what, what, how, how did they find you? Well, a few things I would share with you. One of the quickest things we recognized was to get ourselves into the local marketplace here, aside of the internet side of things, but get ourselves out to the chamber greeters, get to the board of realtors meetings, you know, get in front of a lot of the folks who deal with investment properties every day, which is mostly the real estate brokers and lenders. Uh, so we spent a significant amount of time jumping in there. Um, I'm a big fan of wearing a logo shirt for my company all the time. So people knew who I am and what I do, even if I didn't get a chance to speak to them. Uh, my entire staff wears logo shirts uh, anytime they're out in the marketplace. My showing agents wear them. Uh, so constantly getting our logos out in front of them. Uh, aside of that, though, I mean, you can only go so far. So you have to move to the technology side. So uh, at my last company, I handled all of the marketing uh, or, or probably the largest proportion of it. And so the Facebook side I have, and I can do that. That's very easy. I think that's crucially important. You know, uh, it's been said in a couple articles that I've read. I think I've heard it on a podcast or, that you've talked about, you know, your average person spends between 30 and 50 minutes on Facebook every single day. Uh, so I think it's huge to be in front of them there. And then really click for you, uh, pay-per-click advertising. It's, you can't avoid that. That's how you get your rankings for a brand new company and get yourself in front of the folks that have been around a long time doing it. Um, you know, you just got to get in front of those folks and that's the way it is. So pay-per-click advertising was absolutely huge for us. We we donated a, a significant, uh, well, I'd say, well, at the, when we started, we didn't have a, a sales <laughs> yeah. startup cost, significant startup cost to that. Got it. So pay-per-click. And uh, one other thing, if I look at your city um, and look at property management, you seem to be you seem to be the most trustworthy company to work with. Hmm. You're talking about our reviews. <laughs> a little bit, <laughs> yeah. I mean – 37 reviews on Yelp, five stars. Am I right? Is that crazy? How did you get that? Well, the most important thing is I, I think I've trained my entire staff, and I believe this wholeheartedly, that we need to put our uh, people first and our profits second. Uh, you know, we do a lot of things to smooth over any mistakes we've made so people have an opportunity to feel welcome, special, and appreciated each time they do business with us. Uh, I see a lot of my competitors really seem to have a down look on the tenants. Um, I think that's probably an absolutely humongous uh, death spiral when you have that attitude. I actually have several tenants that I manage their rental property and they rent from us. Uh, and I have some tenants that are just absolutely amazing. So no one in my office ever looks down upon a tenant. Uh, if they are and I catch it, they get scolded pretty heavy uh, because they're people and they're due respect. It doesn't mean they can always have what they want, but we can always tell them nicely. Um, and so we work very hard at that and really just treating people like people and not like a rent check. People first, process second. Man, um, we're picking out some nuggets here, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, can you tell me more about that? Do you, is there, is there, is there, is there more? So, uh, like if, if, if we turn this and, and talk more about the purpose and, and sort of the purpose, maybe the mission statement division, um, do those, do this, this people first process second concept playing to your vision? Well, and a couple of things. Let me clarify. I think you might have heard it just a little a little off. It's uh, profit second. Uh, so people first, profit second. I actually love uh, that even more, but process second also works quite well. I like it. I, and then we might have to add that as, a, as one right underneath it, a subcategory. Uh, and the reason we say that, yes, it does play into our mission statement. You know, 
in our business, things don't always go our way. And as I mentioned, you know, we're very humble here. We have an opportunity to uh, move somebody from just a standard customer into an apostle. And oftentimes that's in our mind or in my mind, uh, handled by treating them as a person. Many companies I deal with this in town, many other property managers in my own town that I've spoken to, everything is about how to get a dollar out of somebody. An ancillary fee, um, you know, your late, a uh, big, huge late fee, you're having the biggest late fees in the industry, uh, and all of these different things. And we sort of don't go about it that way. We're not trying to see how we can squeeze every uh, uh, drop out of a turnip, so to speak. We're looking to do really good business with really good people and make a decent living at it. That really seems to have spurred our growth super fast. So we're very excited and very happy of that. Uh, but I'm not looking to get a dollar out of every some uh, out of everybody I can. I mean, we waive a lot of late fees here when people come in and they're, you know, I'm so sorry, I forgot. Eh, it's not that big a deal. We'll waive that late fee, you know, because they are people and they did forget. Now, if you forget every every month, well, probably not. Probably not going to waive them forever. But uh, you know, but but we like to treat people like people, and you know, sometimes people make mistakes, and you got to help them out. So I, I think that's an emotional intelligence, and that's that's an emotional intelligence as a company because. Those the, the little wave fees. I mean, I feel like shit when I forget to pay my credit card bill, <laughs> and I have the money. It's not like I don't have the money, man. And like I just, oh my god, it's late. Like oh, they just put a thirty-eight dollar charge on it. And I'm like, ah, oh, damn, I have to call them and beg them. And then at the end of the day, you know, they may or may not, depending who I get on the phone. Ah, uh, that's just demeaning, man. <laughs> <laughs> well. Well, in here, though, it's a local business. I mean, I'm going to see you probably at the In-N-Out on Friday getting a cheeseburger. Uh, you know, so, so if we hammer them really hard in our lobby, make them feel absolutely like a horrible person, uh, then I see them on Friday. How are they going to feel when I bump into them in town? I mean, they're, they're going to feel it again, uh, which we think to ourselves, well, when their buddy needs to rent, they'll say, well, my landlord's not very polite. Stay away from them. Yeah. You know, oh, clear. Don't rent somewhere else. I think, I think, I think, you're, I think, you, you, I think you understand it, and I think – you're surfacing this. I think your strategic advantage is is treating tenants like people, and in fact, investing investing in their well being and their and their experience. I think this is, and I've been talking about this on the podcast, and I've been sort of begging, begging people to look at your tenants as a valuable constituents, as 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 key constituents to keep happy, and a lot of good things will happen to you. A lot of top companies out there that I speak with have that mindset, and then so coming in here with you know, people first, profit second. You know, that's the end of the day, your community business. Yeah, you got to see them in and out. You know, even if you're in Atlanta, okay, let's call it you in Atlanta, uh, you'll still, you're still servicing a certain community. You'll still have, you meet those people at church, at in and out, at a chamber of commerce. Um, anyway, you got to treat people right. I, I don't want to go on a long rent here, but it's so, so important. I, I love what you're doing, Aaron. This is really, really important. And I really liked your your statement, but I can't repeat it. Um, I think it was something to do with a purpose statement. And um, oh, as far as as far as people first, profit second. Right, but then you had another another longer sort of. A, um, oh, as far as our our mission statement. Right. We make rentals simple. You make rentals simple, but you also said, said something about making making people happy. And making oh good welcome, living special and appreciated yeah. yeah 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 we we want everybody we deal with to feel welcome special and appreciated right as I said it doesn't mean you can always have what you want but 
We can always make you feel welcome when you come to the office. We can always make you feel special by giving you the time you deserve and appreciate it because, you know, that's, that's easy to do. Gotcha. But so all that said, so, okay, you treat tenants really well. You treat owners really well. I mean, you guys are just positive people and things are happening for you. 435 units in less than three years. Sure, bring it, right? Uh, some people some people consider this a very, very, very good gro growth. And and this is all, just want to make sure, Aaron, I just double check. This is all organic though you've actually purchased the company? No, that would be organic. And I would share with you that our portfolio is probably 80% single family homes and 20% multifamily. Uh, so we didn't we didn't get to the 435 by picking up a couple hundred unit apartment complexes or, or anything like that. Our passion is really single family homes. And that's where we like to be. Gotcha. And just to make sure that um, people who are not into um, a lot of the soft stuff are continuing li listening to this to this episode, you are making some money, right? You're not you're not on welfare, right? <laughs> no, no, we, we are def we are definitely doing well for ourselves. Yeah, so you can do good business and make money, right? Yeah, I mean, just maybe to give kind of a little bit of an overview. I mean, uh, so far in that amount of time, we've been able to build a zero debt company. Uh, so we, we have no debt for the company. All the company vehicles are all owned outright. Uh, I have six staff members that are on staff paid, and then I have my wife and myself. So uh, we've done extraordinarily well for ourselves. It's very profitable. Very, very nice. All right, well, congrats on that. Let's move into sort of what the future – let's paint the picture because if you're going to paint it here on this on the podcast, we're going to come back to it in a year or two, do a, a revisit episode, and you're going to get there. So do you have a particular like a one-year and a four-year plan or five-year plan in place? I do, and it's not unit-based. Ours is all profit-based. Uh, nice. You know, at my last company, it was pretty common, you know, for us to just take any unit because we wanted to beat our chest and say we have so many units. And believe it or not, I have a rule that if Jolene can't go to the property, I don't want it. And nice. if, if I feel like she's headed there and I got to follow her in the car, I got to take her over there and come back. I just don't want that property. So, um, so we don't have a unit growth, but we're definitely looking to double our profit, uh, you know, which is nice because we don't have to double our units to do that. Uh, because as you know, this property management businesses are scalable. You know, we don't have to add new cost each time we add a new property. Uh, there is a, a time and place for that, but, uh, but we're looking to double our profit by the end of this next year. Uh, and then for our four-year plan, um, it's a little different. Uh, we'll see where the profit lands on that, but it's really important for me to get this company set up by, uh, well, not by four years from now, but four years from the time it was born, uh, where it can completely run itself without me. Um, you know, Joanne and I like to travel, and if something were able to uh, happen to both of us at the same time, you know, I wouldn't want my company to fold up and my employees all to lose their job. Uh, so we want to have it set up in such a fashion that it can run itself uh, from that point on without us. Really good, really specific. I love that. Um, really specific stuff. And um, so when you get to that position in four years, and the business can run itself, and if you celebrating, where would you go? What would you go? What would be the first trip you take? Gosh, you know, I think I have to get my wife to Italy. Yeah, I gotta right. get her, get her, get her over to Florence for about ten, ten or twelve days. I'd, I'd probably be a pretty big hero for that. Nice, nice. Okay, and then so last piece. So, so I, I define success, business success, in, in three key concepts, which is you know one purpose and culture, right? Knowing your purpose and aligning your people behind it, which is culture. Uh, the second is knowing your numbers, and the third is the culture of experimentation. Um, so you hit the first three, but on the numbers side. I'm I'm just curious how much how many how much numbers you don't have to disclose anything here that you don't want but 
But I'm just curious what, what you know and what you still think that you need to um, get better at as far as KPIs. So what sort of KPIs do you track? Well, a couple things on that. You know, we track our advertising spend as one of them. So we can see uh, versus new client acquisition. Uh, currently, we're running about 551 for a new client. Uh, $551? Look at all, yes, sir. To the dollar! I love it, man. Uh, well, we're coming up on the year end. You, you happen to do this podcast on the 28th of December, so it's something that we're taking a look at for a year yeah, end too, for actually. sure. Me too. That's fine. All right. 551 aqua per cost per client. Love it. Um, so that's one of the ones that we track. Also, something that we track in our company, which is very important to us, is tenant revisit. Uh, and, and by that, we mean tenants that will re-rent from us. Uh, if in the event they have a life change and need a different piece of property. And currently we're running about 70%. What does that uh, mean? So, well, so let's say, for instance, a tenant's having a child and they need to get a bigger place. Uh, it's a 70% uh, likelihood that they will rent from us only, uh, where they will wait for the right unit to come available and then they'll rent from us because they've been so happy with their service. And one of the things we really love about that is, you know, normally to get a unit rented, we spend about $385 to get a unit rented by the time we show it. You know, have somebody uh, visit the property, photography work, videography work, all the advertising campaigns that go in. But if you already rent from me, it's about $22. Uh, so it's, it's pure profit if you need another rental and you'll pick one up from me. Um, it, it's very lucrative for us. So we, we track that quite a bit. That's very, very cool. So these numbers, numbers like that, like you would never, if you're, if you pension, if you just look in at the bottom line and trying to maximize, as you call your profit, by you know shutting down all the ideas and such there's no way you'll be able to see that kind of stuff i mean boy so you, so you save a good 360 dollars in turnover costs well yes which is pure profit to us because that money spent out of the money we already earned so it's it's pure profit for us ah oh, that's juicy all right what else you got <laughs> tenant well you uh, know what i'm sorry you go to tenant re-rent yeah tenant re-rent Rerents. Okay, that's that's cool. That's a new one. I have not heard anybody track that. Did you get that in any other NARPM forums, or this is all all you? No, I I wouldn't. I don't know. I, I wouldn't say I invented it like it's a new concept. I'm sure somebody else pays attention to that. But uh, that was born right after we started. We uh, had folks that needed to upgrade their unit, and we had a few folks that needed to downgrade their unit. Um, and so we started tracking that as something that. With that Fulia, we have the ability to tag everybody for everything, which is kind of a neat feature. So we track all sorts of things for entertainment, like whether or not a property owner is going to sell in the future. So we can look at our portfolio as far as how many people might leave. Um, I've heard you say it a lot of times on your podcast that property management is a big leaky bucket. That's how we attempt to measure the hole. How big is our hole? Uh, you know, if your portfolio is 50%, the property owners may sell in the future and the market turns good, you know you're headed for – uh, a, a pretty big slump as far as losing clients. So we tracked that. Uh, but the re-rents we started tracking because we knew that they are basically pure profit. Uh, you know, oftentimes, sometimes you don't even have to run their credit again. They're usually pretty easy to approve. Their rental references take almost no energy to check because we can just look it up. We don't have to call or fax anybody. So uh, those proved to be very helpful for us. Have you, have you actually packaged this and try to market this concept to your owners? Not yet. I probably should, though, based on your idea there. 70% yeah. of tenants will re-rent from us just because they love or the experience? Uh, I think I have to go change my management services page. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Yeah, just, just, just a small experiment. Um, all right. Any other KPIs that are like off significance um, that help you run your company? 
Um, you know, in our company, something else that we track quite a bit is lease-up fees. You know, we have a two-tiered fee system where we have a base management fee, uh, depending on how close you are to the office. Uh, as you mentioned earlier, Reading is kind of a vast place, and so we do take properties that are upwards of 30 miles from our office, so we have a little different fees for those folks. Uh, but the lease renewal fees is something that we definitely track. Uh, that makes a huge difference on our profit based on how many tenant turnovers we do and how often the properties are empty. Uh, so we track that quite a bit. Got it. And uh, what about uh, annual contract value or lifetime customer value or, or annual customer value, lifetime customer value? Do you, do you track any of those? You know, since we've been so new, we haven't, other than the fact is, is that we, in a, in a previous podcast, you had mentioned that the industry standard was about 4,000 over its lifetime. And, and I think so it's we annual. Uh, yeah. Okay. So. Oh, no. 4,000. Well, okay. We were thinking it was 4,000 pure profit. So not, not the total cost of income, but 4,000 wow. pure profit over the, the lifetime of a property. And I think it was that you said your average, uh, your average person was staying about three and a half years. Now, that was a couple years back, but that definitely stuck with me. So on our lead sheet, when we write down uh, a lead, what it's worth, we write down four grand for each single family house they have. Nice. Okay. <laughs> Good. Yeah. So that's how you sort of visualize the value. It's not, it's not $95 a month. It's four grand. Well, yeah. And, you know, it's, uh, it, it's funny. Here, here's kind of a funny story is, you know, we got an audit from the Bureau of Real Estate. I think probably due to our marketing, because uh, he said I looked on Google at all of the folks that are in the marketplace and we picked you. I guess that seemed flattering at one time, but not on another side of it. But uh, but when he, when he came in, he said, do you know how many rents you're taking in uh, across the whole company? And I said, no. And he said, why not? And he looked frustrated. And I said, well, because not all those dollars are mine and not all of them are profit. So that's not the dollars that I'm watching. I like to see the ones that actually come to me. And uh, so we tracked it all more on the profit side versus, say, gross rents. I have seen other property managers do gross rents, but you don't always get a get a pull of management fee on every rent you take, uh, especially if you're putting people first and profit second. We do a lot of uh, fun things like uh, get your first month free when you sign up in a particular time period, you know. And so we're actually managing that property, actually taking in rent but no profit or or possible gain. So. Gotcha. Uh, so one thing I'd love for you to play with and and see maybe come back on a repeat episode. Uh, when we track your a thousand units in a couple years, even though profit is the, I know profit is the answer, but hey, man, you do it profitably. Why not to expose your, you know, your unit count to a, you know, triple digits? Or oh, I'm I'm not opposed to it. <laughs> yeah, a, th a thousand of the right units. Yeah, I'm not opposed to that. Absolutely. All right. So, <laughs> annual customer, annual contract value, or right? annual customer value. Um, I'd love, you know, you can put that against your acquisition cost and I actually would love to see, and that's in terms of revenue, not profit, right? You track that in terms of revenue. Sure. Profitability is the action of, of the owner and his systems and operations. Revenue is the action, you know, is what customer pays. So, um, of you know, take your average monthly fee times 12, right? That's what your annual right. customer value is. And then... I'd love to see what your ACV and your customer value against your customer acquisition cost and how quickly you pay off your acquisition cost. Uh, you know, I have to do some figuring on that. I think you actually have a calculator somewhere for that I've seen before. Yeah, I do. I do on our website. But yeah, so take a look at that. And then lifetime customer value is also would be cool, even though I know you are you're fresh out of the gate. But dude, you can take your tenant re-rent and, and and, and sort of project out how long your uh, average owner is going to stay with you 
and, and figure out that uh, your lifetime value is probably pretty, pretty huge. Oh, I would agree with that. Yeah. Anyway, sounds good, Aaron. I really thank you very much for your time today. You spent uh, um, 43, you know, 45 minutes with me. I, you know, um, I think we've all learned uh, quite a bit. Um, so thank you kindly for your time. I wish you all the best. And uh, thank you guys for listening. Hey, thanks for having me today. I really appreciate it. Thanks for the tip on the calculator. Now I'm going to be up late tonight and go work all that out tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. All right. Take care, man. All right. Thank you. Have a great day.